Hi, I'm Grayson Willis. Welcome to the podcast for Harrisonburg Nazarene Church. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. You can now search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Podcasts. Make sure to join us each Sunday at 9 a.m. on Facebook Live. Also, our service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. indoors in English and 11.45 indoors in Spanish. Welcome to the new year. Welcome to the new year. I want to begin uh, this morning with a story. Uh, It's a story uh, about a man, uh, a man named Francesco Bernadone. uh, He lived about 800 years ago. 800 years ago, he was a young man who was very restless. He was trying to figure out what his calling was, what his purpose was in life. He dreamed of being a heroic knight. If I lived 800 years ago, I'd dream of that too. That sounds pretty cool. But his dad, his dad had other plans. His dad wanted him to go into the family business. So wandering on the outskirts of his hometown in Italy, the town of Assisi, uh, one day he came upon San Damiano, which was a little church that was very run down. It was kind of left for dead, really. He wandered into this church and he found an altar there and he began to pray. He began to ask the Lord, Lord, show me what it is that you want for my life. And as he began to pray, uh, he looked up and his eyes were fixed on a, on a picture of Jesus through, through all of the kind of the debris and the wreckage in this church that was falling apart. There was a, a picture of Jesus. And as he looked up, he sensed, he sensed the Lord speaking directly to him. As he asked, Lord, what do you want me to do? He, he heard the Lord answer him, go rebuild my church. Go, rebuild my church. Today, some 800 years later, we know him as St. Francis of Assisi. The Lord wasn't asking him to physically rebuild just a few churches. He did some of that. No, no, no. Rather, the Lord was asking him to rebuild the institution of the church that at that moment in time was falling apart. And so as we begin 2021, I believe, church, the Lord has a charge for us. I believe his charge for us is rebuild my church. Rebuild my church. I want to be clear what I sense the Lord inviting us to in, in this new year. 2020 is filled with disruption, right? The church, of course, is experiencing disruption in many, many ways. And I think it would be a mistake, though, to view this idea of rebuilding my church as simply a means of inviting people to show up again in person. In fact, as I've been praying, as I've been seeking the Lord, I believe the greatest disruption the church has experienced over the last year is not a physical disruption, but rather spiritual disruption. In the fear and the anxiety that the church has gotten distracted, I fear. It's easy for our focus to become maybe on self-preservation instead of the mission to which God has called us to. And so instead of having hearts that break for the brokenness around us, the church, in these days, sometimes it seems like we're defined by what we are against. It's never been easier, it seems, for the church to become hijacked, right? But by a number of different causes. And in doing so, we lose our focus on who we are to be. And I wish I could say that our church right here, that we were immune to these challenges. But, but, but the truth is that I sense, even with us, confusion 
division at times, disruption, finding its way into our church. So, so I want to stop and say something emphatically. I believe God is at work in his church. It's okay to be excited about that. It's okay to feel encouraged by that, right? I know I'm saying some heavy things. I believe, I believe God is at work in his church universal, not just us. We today, we're gathered, but we're gathering together today with the church universal around the world that we are part of something way bigger than ourselves. And I believe today emphatically God is at work in that. And so I want, I want you to know that today. I want you to smile about that. I want you to believe that's good news today. That, that when the word says no weapon formed against you shall prosper, that's true today. I want you to know that. And while I say that, I also want you to know that I believe if we are not careful in these days, we will lose our focus. Our focus will begin to drift. We'll focus on surviving and rather than the Lord's purpose for us here in this moment. And so we're beginning 2021 with a series called Thy Kingdom Come. We want to talk about what it means to be a part of His kingdom. His kingdom, the kingdom of God. And in doing so, in doing so, we will suggest what it means to not be a part of this kingdom, the kingdom of the world around us in this new year. How can we align ourselves more fully with this kingdom? Maybe that's the question for us today. In this new year, how can we more fully align our lives with his kingdom? So today, let us be commissioned to rebuild his church. Ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Lord, we've been praying a lot. We're going to keep praying because we don't do this on our own. This is not about us. Uh, we believe today that the greatest heart you have for your church in these days is to be built on the foundation of your kingdom. So today, God, we lean not on our own understanding. We trust in you. We lean to your word. We ask that you would give wisdom and discernment. We ask you would convict us, Lord, where we need to be convicted. We ask that you would show us truth, not the truth we even want to hear, but the truth we need to hear, God. We're desperate to be changed and transformed by you today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to be in Matthew 6 today. Let's open the word together. Matthew chapter 6, uh, a very popular passage of scripture here in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus teaches how to pray. Jesus teaches how to pray. Uh, if there was a master class in prayer, if there was one person that could teach on prayer, I've met some great people that can pray, that can teach us some things about prayer, but Jesus has to be the example, right? And he is right now teaching uh, his followers and those that would come after them. That, that means us, teaching us how to pray in Matthew chapter 6. And so, the name for this series comes directly from Jesus's prayer. Right here, follow along with me, Matthew 6, starting in verse 9. Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right here at the beginning, uh, Jesus is teaching us what I think we learned a little bit this morning, what it means to bless the Lord, what it means to start with worship, even when you don't feel like it, even when your burdens are heavy and you just come before the Lord with a heavy heart and maybe with a list of things. God, here's all my stuff. Here's my grievances. Here's my hurt and my pain. But, but Jesus says, let me teach you how to pray. When you pray, you begin with praise. You begin with declarations of, of praise. Not, not with a request, not with Lord, gimme, gimme, gimme. No, no, no. We begin with with a heart of worship. And then in verse 10, we come to the very first request, right? So far, no, no requests, just praise, just gratitude, just worship. And then in verse 10, we come to the first request 
of the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. That word kingdom, kingdom, that Greek word is used over a hundred times in the gospel. And what does it mean? Every time it means this idea of royal power and kingship and dominion. So Jesus prays, your kingdom come. That's the first request in the Lord's prayer. Just to make sure, as Jesus says this, as, as he's praying this, right? And as everyone else is taking notes, just to make sure they understand what this means. That people are tracking. He, he goes on to say this, your kingdom come. What's the next part? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Everything here is just qualifying what's being said here. Your kingdom come. What does that mean, your kingdom come? Oh, it means your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he goes on to pray into this kingdom reality. What does it look like? What does it look like to pray in such a way your kingdom come? What does it mean to live and to operate according to this kingdom that he's praying about? Well, he tells us. He shows us, right? Give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. What does that mean? That means in this kingdom, in this kingdom, you know what we pray? You know what we focus on? We focus on what we need for today. We can't get so focused on tomorrow, right? Haven't we learned a little something this past year? We can't get too focused on tomorrow. We can't get too focused on a week from now, a month from now, what's going to happen next year? How are my needs going? Right here in the now, when we're living and operating according to your kingdom come, then we're focused on just, God, give me what, just what I need today. You're my provider. You're my sustainer. You're the one that gives me what I need right now. I'm not going to get distracted by all the other, Lord, today, just what I need. I'm trusting in you to provide. Give us today our daily bread. And verse 12, what does it say? Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. This kingdom that Jesus is praying about, right? This kingdom is about walking in forgiveness, freedom from sin, right? right? A forgiveness, right? And this forgiveness is reflective of the forgiveness we have offered others. As we are forgiving others, may we be forgiven. And finally, Jesus prays, your kingdom come. What does he say? Lead us not into temptation. May we walk and freedom from sin, and freedom from selfishness. That's what it looks like to operate according to his kingdom. May your kingdom come. This idea of kingdom, it was present in the ministry of Jesus from the very beginning. In fact, it was present even before the ministry of Jesus began. Consider at the beginning of Matthew, Matthew chapter 3, a guy named John the Baptist. He's coming. Literally, John the Baptist's job was to prepare the way for Jesus. Prepare the crowds, the people, to be prepared for Jesus. And what does it say in Matthew chapter 3? In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness in Judea and saying, what was his message? What was he preaching? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Probably won't surprise you that that word kingdom is the same word that Jesus prays in Matthew chapter 6. Turn the page to Matthew 4. Now we see Jesus. We see Jesus and we see the first example in Matthew 4 of Jesus' ministry. Will it shock you that Jesus begins his ministry with the same wording, the same prayer, the same charge that we read from John the Baptist? What does it say in Matthew 4, 17? Jesus began to preach, repent, what for the kingdom of heaven has come near so why, why this focus? Why are we starting 2021 
with, with this idea of kingdom. I, I believe it's everything. I believe it's everything. Consider for a minute. John the Baptist came preaching about the kingdom of God, and Jesus picked right up where John left off. If you continue following the teachings of Jesus, which we will do throughout the series, you'll find 126 different times in the gospel that the kingdom is referred to, kingdom language is used. In fact, Jesus never preached about becoming a Christian. That terminology wasn't used until Acts 11, until as the church was formed and the church began to give language to the ministry and the work uh, and the power of the Holy Spirit. But, but Jesus himself never spoke about that. You know what Jesus did speak of? He spoke of being a part of the kingdom of God. For Jesus, it all came down to this idea of kingdom. Life in a kingdom and a kingdom within you. So Why? Why begin 2021 with this focus on kingdom? I believe it's everything. So what? What is the kingdom of God? We're going to spend a lot of time in these weeks talking about kingdom, talking about what it means to belong to a kingdom, not of this world. So what in the world does it mean when we talk about the kingdom of God? As John the Baptist and as Jesus spoke about the kingdom, they weren't, they weren't referring to some generic God is everywhere kind of idea. That's not what they're doing. Literally, do you know what the kingdom means? The kingdom is God's reign. That's what it means. Kingdom of God, it means God's reign. That God, literally, God sits on the throne of the universe. So when we talk about his kingdom, we're talking about his reign. We're talking about his action, his lordship. And this is such a big deal, especially in the New Testament, because what's happening in the New Testament? Well, we just celebrated Christmas, right? And what is Christmas? It's this idea that Jesus... God the King now is coming into the world through Jesus, through Jesus his Son. And, and, and because of that, the kingdom is such a, a, a big thing in the New Testament because Jesus is now coming into the world to establish the rule of the King. And how does he establish the rule of the King? Well, first, first in the lives of people, right? right? His, kingdom, his kingdom comes in us by triumphing over sin. But not just that, right? He doesn't just establish his rule within us. He establishes his rule among us as we gather together and we live now in a new allegiance. Not allegiance to this world, not allegiance to the kingdom around us, but an allegiance collectively, communally, an allegiance to his kingdom, his kingdom. And then this king promises, he promises to return again and bring everything to completion. What is later referred to as a new heaven and a new earth, the ultimate fulfillment of the kingdom. So when we're talking about kingdom, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. For, for something to accurately be called the kingdom, which over a hundred times throughout the gospels is used, Four things have to occur, right? First, you have to have a king. We're going to talk about this in the weeks ahead in our series. In order to have a kingdom, you've got to have a king. In order to have a kingdom, you've got to talk about the king's realm, right? The realm of the kingdom. You also have to talk about, number three, you have to talk about the citizens of the kingdom. Who are the citizens of this kingdom? Finally, you've got to talk about what, what are the rules, the laws that define the culture and provide structure within the kingdom, when Jesus arrived here on earth, the people were looking for a king. They, they, they were adamant. They wanted a king, but, but not the king that Jesus turned out to be. 
right? The people were looking for a physical king, a physical king with an earthly realm to overrule Rome. But what they got instead was an invisible heavenly kingdom that makes its realm inside of us. So today, again, before we jump into the rest of the series, I want to close with the remaining time that I have with a, a practical question. A practical question. If Jesus prayed, thy kingdom come, if, that's, if that was so important to Jesus that when he taught us to pray, he taught us to pray in such a way, Lord, thy kingdom come, if that was so important to Jesus, then why? Why should it be important to us? So as a means of bringing us to some practical application on this introduction to the kingdom, I want to spend a few minutes answering that question, why? Why was it so important to Jesus to pray, thy kingdom come? I want to talk about three things. Uh, I have it here on the screen. Three reasons I believe this is true. I I believe that praying this way for Jesus and for us does three things. It gives us a focus for today. It gives us a promise for tomorrow. And it gives us a deep passion for both. A deep passion for both. I'm going to spend just the last few minutes I have with you today sharing about these three ideas. Let's start first with the focus, right? When Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, what what was he doing? He was giving us a focus. He was giving a focus for today. Listen, what, what does it say? It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. On earth, that should matter to us. That should matter to us that that's how Jesus taught us to pray. That the kingdom is a present tense reality on earth. That's what Jesus said. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Right here, right now, we can experience his kingdom. And the truth is we get a little distracted, don't we? We convince ourselves maybe that his kingdom is just a one day far off reality. That if we just got to get through, we're just passing through, we just got to grit our teeth and bear it. And, pa- and I get that, I understand that, but you can't read and understand the depths of what Jesus was teaching us to pray and not understand that the kingdom was intended to be a present tense reality, a focus for right here and right now. Because we get distracted, because we minimize the importance of now, what, you know what we also do? We also get our focus on a lot of other things, don't we? I brought a little visual with me today. Uh, This is pretty practical in our home as uh, we've been home together over these last couple weeks. We've been home together for like 10 months, you know? But anyway, uh, my daughter loves to bake. So I would have no idea what these things even do, but she loves to bake. And so I asked her, I got her permission to bring these today. Uh, These are sifters, right? So you may not know what in the world. You thought it was like cleaning rocks at the beach or something. But but you actually use these. And and so what you do, I actually asked because I wanted to make sure that I had it right. Um, Because I see she she gets it out and she's like doing this. I'm like, what in the world is that? So so, so most practically what what, what she would do, uh, my daughter, when she's cooking, she would take the flour and pour it in here, and some of you that are like cool bakers, you already know, right? But, but you're sifting the flour, and I'm like, what, what is the point of that? Because literally, the reason you sift it, it, it removes the lumps. It removes the clumps so that you can get a more accurate measurement, but also so that after it's sifted, after it's refined, the flour is lighter. It's easier to mix. How am I doing in my explanation? Those of you that really know, can I get like a half-hearted? One, great, thanks. Um, 
I made notes. I want to make sure I said it right, you know? I can't. All right, so I got all different sizes here. She's got like a giant one even bigger than that. She was really excited to show it to me. I was like, this is good, right? They're all different size sifters. And why do I show you this today? Because I think as we talk about praying thy kingdom come, as I think we talk about what it means as a focus for today, I think a lot about the sifter, right? Because here's what we're all doing, whether we realize it or not. We are taking the things happening around us, the things that we're watching, the things that we're seeing, the things that we're experiencing, and every single one of us, whether you realize it or not, we're all sifting it, aren't we? We're taking what we're listening to, and we're sifting it. We're taking what we're watching and reading, and we're sifting it. We're taking what other people are saying, what our friends are saying on social media, and we're sifting it, right? We, we all have sifters in our lives, but, but here's what I think happens and here's where my heart has become most grieved. You know, there are moments over the past year where I'm, I'm preaching and I'm actually sharing truth from God's word and truth that I actually believe the Lord has shown me. And the challenge is, the challenge is, as I'm saying it, as I'm speaking it, rather than feeling like we as the people of God can just receive God's word instead of that, you know what's happening in some of the disruption of this last year? We begin, we begin taking the word of God and sifting it. It used to be, it used to be that when we wanted to experience truth in our lives, we would allow God's word to be the sifter. The giant, big, you know, like we, we, we take truth, we take everything that we're hearing and experiencing and we sift it through the truth of God's word. But the reality of what's happening now over the past year of our lives, and, and long before that, but it's become to a head, is now we have all these other things that we begin to use the sift. So instead of allowing God's word to be, instead of saying, thy kingdom come, Lord, it's about your kingdom. That's going to be my sifter. Instead of that, now, now we begin to take truth and we begin to sift it through so many things. Like, I can't preach anymore without some people in the room thinking it's political. And here's the challenge. Because instead of it being about the kingdom, we've made it about so many other things. So, so we're taking a political sifter. And we're taking all the truth that we hear and we're sifting it through our political lens first before we apply it to God's word. It's not just politics, it's our feelings, right? We take what we're saying and we sift it through our feelings first. And then whatever comes out there, then we apply it to God's word. We take fear. Fear's a big sifter nowadays, isn't it? We feel afraid. We feel anxious. So we let that be the sifter to what we're seeing and experiencing. And whatever comes out there, then we apply it to God's word instead. Instead of praying, thy kingdom come, Lord, I, I want it all to be focused on you. I want you to be what sifts my life. I want you to be the lens by which I view truth in a very confusing world. I don't know if I'm making my point, but I want you to see and understand that when Jesus spoke to us about this idea of thy kingdom come, I think he knew sometimes we'll get distracted. Sometimes it'll be real confusing for us. Sometimes there might be good things, important things, but, but we make them more important than the kingdom. I'm not saying politics don't matter. I'm not saying your feelings don't matter. I'm not saying that fear and anxiety aren't real, but I'm saying the danger comes when we place those things in front of the kingdom and we allow them to be the filter and the source and the lens and the sifter. When Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, he was teaching us what it meant for the kingdom to be first. Look, listen, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom, right? Seek first the kingdom. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, we, we learn what it is to be focused. Church, we got to be focused in these days. Too much is at stake. Too much is happening around us for us to lose focus on so many other things. 
thy kingdom come. What else was Jesus teaching us? I think he was teaching us about a promise for tomorrow. I'm going to sound like I'm contradicting myself, right? Because I said, no, no, the kingdom is here and it's now. But, but listen, Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. Jesus also said, my kingdom is not of this world. I, I'm really confusing you, right? But we can't talk about the kingdom without understanding the numerous references. There's uh, 12 different times throughout the Gospels where Jesus told a, a parable. It was an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And these parables specifically about the kingdom. And many of these parables point us towards a, a moment of decision. A moment of judgment. A, a future moment when the kingdom becomes a full reality in our lives. You can't talk about the kingdom without also talking about future tense. Future tense. And just as this emphasis on the kingdom brings focus for the here and now, it reminds us up on the horizon there's a moment that is promised to us. A moment when the fulfillment of the true fulfillment of the kingdom will come. This is what it says in Revelation. We read these words this summer together. In Revelation 21, which is the end. It's the end of the story. It's a, it's a preview of how it's going to end. And what does it say in, in Revelation 21? It says, he, who is he? It's God. It's the king, right? right? This is how it's going to happen in the kingdom. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things, the old kingdom. The kingdom of this world has passed Away, he who is seated on the throne says, I am making everything new. So as we pray, thy kingdom come, we, we open our eyes to the present. We, we look around us and are aware of the here and now, but we are not asleep to the reality that there is a moment coming, a moment that's promised to us when the kingdom, we experience its, its full fulfillment, right? When there is no more tears, where there's no more death or mourning or crying, and behold, the king will make all things new. The kingdom will come in its fullness. We long for the fulfillment of the kingdom. We ache at times living in this world. Living in this world, we ache at times because we know within us this is not all there is. We were made for something more. We long for the day to experience the true fulfillment of his kingdom. And when we pray, thy kingdom come, we lean into, we hold tightly to the promise of tomorrow that his word will come to pass. Finally, what do we do when we pray thy kingdom come? A focus for today and a promise for tomorrow, but, but a deep passion for both. We live as citizens of this kingdom. What do we do? We live in this tension between the now and the not yet. We... We don't like tension, right? I hate it, right? So, so we want to remove that. We want to pick and choose. And so that's why some of us, we live only in the not yet. Well, the kingdom is one day, and, the kingdom, and we miss what's happening here and now. Some of us only live in the here and now, and we forget the promise and, and that this is not all there is, and that, that we will be disappointed in this world because this is not the fulfillment of the kingdom, right? right? But we are called as citizens of this kingdom to live passionately in both places at once. We don't have to pick sides 
Man, that's good news, isn't it? In a world where it feels like you always have to. We can live in the tension between the now and the not yet of the kingdom of God. We can acknowledge how critical it is for us to live present in this moment with the kingdom as our focus, with it as our sifter of truth, right? We, we, can, we can proclaim that and we can long for the day when the kingdom will be fulfilled, when all will be made new, when God will redeem and restore and heal and bring justice, his justice to the earth. We can long for both. As we prepare uh, to close this morning, there's a story that Jesus told. It's one verse. It's one verse. But I think it encapsulates this idea of passion for the kingdom. It's in Matthew 13. We're not going to turn there together this morning, but the story goes something like this. Jesus told a story about a man. A man who, who found a treasure. And this treasure was hidden in a field. I, I wish... I wish I'd find some treasures in my fields sometimes, you know what I'm saying? All I find is weeds in my fields. But this man found a treasure. And in discovering this treasure hidden in a field, he, he went with joy. And he sold everything he had. He gave up everything he had to, to buy, to pursue that treasure. That's all Jesus said. He didn't give a lot of backstory. He didn't give a lot of, well, what happened then? He just, in one, in one sentence, Jesus gives us a picture of a man who discovers a treasure. And he was so passionate about pursuing that treasure. He gave up everything else he had. Nothing else was the focus. Nothing else was important except pursuing the treasure. What does that mean for us today? I think... I think our lives can reflect the passion of pursuing the kingdom. I think our lives, I think we can lean into this idea that nothing else really matters except your kingdom, God. If, if I'm living for anything else, if I'm pursuing anything else, if anything else has become my sifter, forgive me, Lord, because I, I want to have a deep passion for your kingdom for your people, for your work in the world, for your reign, the, your, your reign here and now, and it's coming. It's coming, you promise. And I wanna have a deep passion. I wanna be like that man that doesn't see the treasure of your kingdom and put it off for another day, doesn't see the treasure and gets distracted by so many other things. He, he puts everything else aside. He puts everything else aside so that he can seek first the kingdom, so he can pursue the treasure. What would it look like, church, for us, for 2021 to be defined by, by seeking first his kingdom, by pursuing the great treasure that we've been given? Nothing else matters as much. The fact that Jesus came and he died on a cross and he rose again, conquering death, and that those who have faith in him and live for him can live forever in heaven with him, right? That the message of the gospel is a message that calls us to die to self. So you know what that is? It offends. It offends us. It offends our self. Well, maybe that's true. And maybe the day after Christmas, you know, I was driving to the dump and there were like three trucks with their trees ready to haul into the, you know, it's like the day Christmas ends. It's over. So maybe that's it for you, you know. 
But you know, in the church universal this week, we celebrate something called epiphany. And epiphany, it's more than just, some of us, epiphany is like just hanging on to the last moments of Christmas. It's more than that. It's, it's the time in the church calendar where we remember the magi, the Gentiles, the non-Jews coming from afar to worship Jesus. And we remember and we reflect that this kingdom is for all. It's not an exclusive kingdom. It's not just for the few select ones. No, no, this kingdom is for all, all that would pledge their allegiance to the king. And so this week we remember Epiphany. And so maybe, maybe this song is not so much a Christmas song. Maybe it's a little bit more of an Epiphany song. But it's, it's a cry from the depths of our hearts. So maybe today, maybe today you want to pray, Thy kingdom come. Maybe you want to put that over the grid of your heart and in your life, of your fear, of your anxiety, of what's going on in your world, of your hopes and your dreams and your passions. Maybe you want to pray that prayer, thy kingdom come. Thank you again so much for listening today. Email us at info at for any questions about our church. As soon as you're finished listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.